Well, good morning. I'm going to do something that most Baptist churches normally don't do, and we're going to start just a minute early here. And uh, we're glad that you're with us here today. It's a, a good day together and uh, looking forward to our emphasis today, and that being upon our missions and the endeavor that Grace has to continue to be global in its thinking, not just local, but yet letting the global message be something that challenges us to keep it very much in front of us here, even our own Chattanooga area. Grateful for those who are going to be with us this morning. And uh, in just a little bit, we're going to be introducing our guests and uh, the Leathers, the Wards, and then also Paul Davis and his wife Martha, who are gracious enough to be here with us and uh, looking forward to uh, sharing more of their ministry with you in just a minute. Now, today is what we call Big Church Sunday. And to tie that in here to one of our mission emphasis to give our young people an opportunity as well uh, to be able to see and to hear and be challenged by what it means to be global in our thinking, to be reaching the world and also be thinking about how that is even up close and personal right where we are. And so looking forward to today. So there'll be some things that incorporate the thought of those children as you have children and uh, if they're with you here in the pew uh, there is a, a bulletin flyer that uh, Jen has created uh, to help them uh, kind of occupy a little bit of the wiggles in the uh, the pew there and uh, so if you aren't able if you didn't pick one of those up you can definitely head back out into the foyer and uh, she'll be more than happy to help you with those as well one other thing that's connected with our children is that last night we had a great turnout uh, for our our, uh, trunk or treat. I'm going to ask Sandy to come and share a little bit more about that, a recap of that, and then she also has some other news related to that as well. So thank you, Sandy. Good morning. Um, like Pastor said, we had a great night last night with trunk or treat. Um, this was the first time in a couple of years now that we were able to be on our campus at the Children's Center and we had large numbers of the community come out um, so it was really exciting to connect with people that were coming lots of kids lots of fun lots of candy um, and so much help from our church so thank you thank you thank you to all of you who came and helped in different ways um, help with parking help with bounce house um, we had 19 trunks so just really appreciative, appreciate that. And um, really cool, all of you that donated candy, we ended up with one bag left. So it was the perfect amount. Um, really grateful for that as well. And um, most important announcement of the morning is our trunk winner. So like I said, we had 19 trunks and really fun decorations through all of them. And so we had the community vote for their favorite trunk. And um, the winners of this trunk, they had a delicious smell wafting for miles, um, providing everybody with hot and fresh pancakes. And so congratulations to the Leverage family with their Cracker Barrel theme. They did a great job and um, we'll connect about your prize later on. So thank you all. So the trick for next year is you got to cook something, I guess. So, all right, very good. All right, we're excited uh, to really hopefully follow through uh, with some of the contacts that we were able to make last night. Uh, 
I, some estimates had it at least about 300 family units, close to, close, approximately about, from what we can gather, about 1,000 children came through. And uh, so somewhere in that proximity, plus or minus. So a great turnout from our community, but more so it was neat that not all of those were grace this was really in our community and uh, very excited to be able to be doing that and to be back on our campus for something like that as well. Uh, that was something else that was very exciting. All right, we've got a lot to cover this morning and so I don't want to take too much time in some of the other announcements that we have, but a couple of ones that I feel like are important just to highlight as we come into these, these days and these weeks ahead. Uh, starting next Sunday, uh, we are going to be having uh, some new uh, classes, some new electives that are going to be picking up here. And uh, so uh, really there's three new electives that are coming November the 6th. And if you have any questions about those, there's information back available to you back in the four-year. Uh, Kelly O'Rear can help you with that, especially location of where they're going to be meeting and things of that nature. And so hopefully you'll be aware of that. As well, uh, there are a couple of other things related to exploring membership. If you have been attending Grace and are interested in what that means, uh, it's sort of like that offer. There's no obligation involved. You know, just if you want to come, there's a class. Uh, Kelly O'Rear, our discipleship pastor, is uh, leading that, and uh, that is going to be starting up on the 6th and the 13th, 11 a.m., and uh, he also will have information about that and standing back in the four-year as well after the service today. Uh, as well, on the 13th, we are looking to have a staff welcome lunch, and uh, that is there. There's uh, an opportunity for you that are newer to Grace if you'd like to get to know some of us that are on the staff a little bit better, and uh, it's a way for us to connect with you as well, and uh, we would love for you to come. It's free of charge. It's a way for us just to fellowship, interact, and we share a meal together, and uh, so that is happening on the 13th. So plan for that if you're able to. Again, there are these that are sign-up list kind of oriented just so that we can get counts and uh, have that available so that uh, we're aware. Some ladies are meeting today after the service to spend some time in prayer and uh, if there's anything that you'd like to know about that I know there's some of the ladies that are here uh, that could gladly help you with that uh, Joyce Haig uh, Cheryl Howe uh, help organize this and uh, try to do this on a frequent basis and uh, so uh, if you're wondering who those individuals are come see me afterwards I'll get you connected with them but uh, if not today down the road uh, they try to do these pretty frequently like I said You'll notice in your bulletin there, there's a couple of other pieces of information. There's a calendar, there's some different other pieces there. One of them is this sort of double-sided little piece of paper, and it's tied to the thought of thinking about our opportunity to be oriented towards those who do not know Christ. And uh, thinking about it from the standpoint of who do I know that needs to hear the gospel? Who has God put upon my heart? Who has he put into my life? And so this is a way for us to start taking that last pillar that we're going to be looking at, uh, the pillar of evangelism, and thinking about who it is that God already has in my world, in my life, that maybe I have never really taken the opportunity to share the gospel with and how would the Lord open that door of opportunity to start praying about that person. And so I just encourage you to use this as a way for God to maybe have a conversation with your heart uh, to get your heart and mind open to the prospect of those around you that need to be hearing about the gospel. So uh, take that, look at that, be thinking about it, praying about it, and uh, put some names there. 
and asking the Lord to open up conversations, to open their heart to the gospel in the next few days and weeks ahead. As we take our time here this morning to prepare for our mission emphasis, I, I wanted to take a moment and have our guests come and introduce themselves. And so Wards and Leathers and Paul and Martha, if you would just come and stand down here at the, the front, if you would, for just a moment. And uh, I've asked them to just share just briefly. Uh, and it's hard for missionaries to do that, I know. Uh, but uh, they, these have indicated they can handle the challenge. Uh, but uh, they uh, represent uh, some areas of the world that uh, really have been impacted because of the gospel and grateful for the work that they're doing and uh, then the leadership that's involved with that. So I'm just going to have them just briefly briefly introduce themselves and uh, a little bit about their field. And uh, during the second hour today, uh, that's when you'll have an opportunity to hear more in depth, especially from two of them. Uh, Paul Davis, I'll let him introduce himself and his role, but uh, he's going to be having the morning service here this morning. So uh, Andrew, introduce you and your family for those who maybe don't know you, but also where the Lord has you. I'm Andrew Ward, this is my wife Mary, and our children, Emmanuel, Cyrus, and Alethea. And I know uh, many of you know us, uh, and especially from the time when my parents were missionaries in Togo as well. So uh, in the Sunday school hour, we're just going to do uh, a, a brief uh, overview of Togo in general. I know some of you uh, don't know where Togo is, and uh, especially if you're new to Grace, so we'll talk a little bit just about Togo in general and then a little bit about the history of how Grace has been working in Togo for many years. And uh, we'll see a little bit about the uh, uh, Christian schools and the Bible Institute and also the media ministry that's going on there. And we'll see how God has been at work uh, in Togo um, uh, as uh, ABWE missionaries have been in Togo since uh, 1974 and we can talk a little bit about how we've seen uh, God working through the churches there, people being saved and uh, many disciples uh, of Jesus in Togo and uh, it'll just be a great time so make sure you stay and uh, for the Sunday school hour because it'll be pretty exciting I think to hear about what God is doing in Togo and uh, so that's just a brief overview of uh, our ministry um, I'll let Daniel and uh, Paul talk a little bit more make sure you don't listen to anything that Paul says about me personally but Daniel's fine he can, he can go with that He's okay. <laughs> good morning uh, so Daniel and Sherry Leathers and our kids are Marcus Luke and Sela. Um, Marcus is at the Word of Life Bible Institute in Hudson this year. So he's in his second year of college and he's loving it and doing well. Luke is with me today. Unfortunately, uh, Sherry and Sealer are home uh, due to illness, but they send their love and, um, uh, to you. And uh, Grace was one of the first partnering churches uh, with our family uh, back when we, when we started with ABWE. And we are so grateful to be your hands and feet in Togo. The Lord is working wonderfully in Togo uh, through the various media ministries. So we have had the part to be uh, a part of Hope Radio, starting the first Christian radio station in the north of Togo, and it is reaching uh, the, four, the three surrounding countries uh, just through the borders also. And so uh, Hope Radio just celebrated their four years of being on the air. Praise the Lord. 
in 2020, our family uh, was led of the Lord to transition to uh, the southern area of Togo, about seven hours south. Um, and so where we are now, we now have the privilege of working with the wards and developing a new uh, audiovisual ministry called Studio Verite, Truth Studios. And um, so please stay for the uh, Sunday School Hour to hear more because you'll see a lot of really cool um, 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 pictures and videos. And we just want to give the Lord honor and glory. And uh, thank you for the opportunity uh, for, to be in here today. Well, good morning. It's so good for Martha and I to be back with you. Uh, we serve in the president's office of ABWE. We've never had the privilege of being missionaries. We've served in ministry leadership and pastoral ministry our whole career. And until God called us to be able to serve uh, these missionaries, and we count it a great joy to be able to uh, support them and encourage them and serve them uh, in, as the role of president of ABWE. It's good to be back with Grace. The last time we were here was the Sunday that uh, you were voting on a new pastor. And uh, so I had the privilege of preaching. You voted, I had to preach, and then you were going to announce how it happened. <laughs> I guarantee nobody heard a word that I said, <laughs> especially when the deacons came in at the back and everyone was like, okay, is he done yet? Are we, uh, can we? No, it was, it was so wonderful to be a part of that special moment for grace. And so it's a, a delight for us to be back to encourage you. Thank you. I do encourage you. Thank you. You can have a seat. I thank you for being here this morning. And Paul is going to be speaking in just a little bit. But my challenge is you need to stay. The, really the heart of what it is that we're doing through these, uh, through these last few weeks is letting our missionaries continue to plant the seed within your hearts about what it means to be involved in missions and how can we get involved in missions. I've asked you to think about two words in the course of our time here for these last couple of weeks. The first one is a sense really of generosity. And the idea of generosity, immediately we think about, well, missions, they need money. And I would say that all of our missionaries here would say, yes, that's true. It requires the funding that we receive from churches like Grace to be able to do what we do in other parts of the world. But generosity also, to me, speaks of the sense of your time, your prayers, and your willingness to go and be on a field someday uh, in the sense of visiting and interacting and taking sometimes maybe what you would do in a vacation and instead, use that to go serve a missionary, to serve with them, and to help them as they are serving in another part of the world. Would you be generous in that effort? The second word I've asked you to focus on is the word submission. And that is, Lord, am I surrendered? Am I willing to go if you had called me to go? And we think about Big Church Sunday, we automatically think about those little kids who are going to grow up in our church, and they're going to be challenged with a heart that is compliant and willing to go. But... Where are the adults that are already sitting in the pew saying, God, you have been tickling my heart, challenging my thoughts, putting it upon me. Do you need me to go serve you somewhere else? Am I submitted to that? Am I in a heart of submission to that? And I think through these weeks to be challenged by that and to recognize that it may be that God's calling you and are you willing to go? So generosity and submission, I hope that both of those will work in our hearts as we think about what it is that these people, and yes, these are just other human beings that God has chosen as vessels to be used for his glory. But as we do that here, would he also encourage us to be willing to do it there? 
And so I encourage our hearts to be thinking about that as we go through the time here together. Well, I appreciate your patience as we've done these things in a preliminary way, but I'm excited to be able to get to the heart of why we're here this morning, and that is to magnify the glory of our God and to uphold his plan for the ages, and that is that from every tribe, tongue, and nation, he might call people into himself, and that we are the bearers of that good news, the message bringers, we are the hope bringers, and that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. First of all, I hope that you know who Jesus is today, that it's not just simply a person, but that he is truly your savior. And that part of that then gives us an opportunity together here as the church to celebrate the plan of God and the power of God through the person of Jesus Christ. So let's stand together if you would. We're gonna begin our time with an opening word of prayer. And then we're going to get into a time where we worship in song and then uh, be challenged from the word of God from Brother Davis and may our hearts be refreshed and encouraged as we fellowship and interact with people that uh, we care about and we pray for and we're grateful for their service. But also I'm grateful for you as the church, the people that are here day by day serving and being faithful and reaching our community for the glory of Christ. Father, we're grateful for this morning and uh, praise you for the opportunity to gather in this place again. And Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do in our midst. I'm grateful for Brother Davis who will come in a little bit and, and challenge our hearts and the thought of missions. But Lord, most importantly, really, what is your mission in our life? Lord, I pray as well for uh, the wards and, and uh, for the leathers and thankful for their presence here today to take time, Lord, in this busyness and the the need for rest and all these things but yet to be a partner with us and as we partner with them and we're just grateful for the work that is going on in Togo may you continue to be glorified in that part of the world Lord I pray now that you'll encourage our hearts challenge us speak to us Lord I know that there are those that are just would rather be here this morning than where they are but grateful that you are bringing healing you're bringing encouragement you're bringing strength Lord, I pray that you would continue to raise up those who are ill, and I pray for those who are discouraged, that, Lord, you would raise them up. Lord, I pray for those who are wondering spiritually, that, God, you would draw them to yourself. And, Lord, may you truly do the work that through your spirit and through your word that only you can accomplish, and may we be recipients of it, ready to be challenged by it this morning. So invigorate our hearts, I pray, towards you, and we'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. It's good to uh, be with you this morning. As he said, it's Big Church Sunday. We want to begin with a song that our kids know, but that we all know. And uh, it really begins, uh, we'll be singing about the gospel this morning and how it transforms our lives and how we are to go and spread the gospel. Can you sing with us, starting with Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves me. 
For the gospel and thank you that we have the opportunity and the great privilege to share the gospel may we be uh, it be evident in our lives that that's our purpose and our passion because we love you thank you for loving us first lord so we could love you back and it's in jesus mighty and precious name we pray amen you may be seated as Paul mentioned, it's been about almost three years ago that uh, he was here with us, and I can remember as I was sitting up in Wisconsin and come back to the house, and I turned on and to watch the recording of the live stream, and uh, and seeing him, and you know, I in some ways I felt for, felt for him uh, in the sense of what he mentioned there, 
But yet at the same time, I think it is almost ironic in that sense of how God allowed grace to have somebody that is part of the DNA of grace, the sense of what ABWE is, a mission board, but also what missions means to grace. And to think about that as a pastor, as a new pastor, uh, it has been uh, always challenging and to appreciate that there are individuals who have stood in our pulpits who have really represented the cause of Christ. And we have two missionaries here with us today and people that are dedicated for the service of Christ in such a way where they're willing to leave and to go and to do as God would ask them to do. I appreciate Paul taking the time and his wife being here with us and to be able to share with us today from God's word, but also to encourage our hearts in the way that we are knit together for the reach of the gospel. And there is going to be an opportunity for us to think about what ABWE as a whole is doing. And at this time, we're going to watch something that uh, encourages us to realize the passion, the burden that this agency has. And then after this, Brother Davis is going to come and challenge our hearts from God's word this morning. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. For over 90 years, ABWE has been serving the church as it obeys the Great Commission. What started in Asia with one missionary grew Today, ABWE helps nearly 500 like-minded, gospel-centered churches equip and send ambassadors for Christ to the ends of the earth. ABWE is committed to gospel proclamation, disciple-making, planting healthy churches, and training national leaders. Every Christian, every church, is called to make disciples of all nations. Join us. Well, Pastor shared that uh, ABWE is a part of the DNA here at Grace, but can I assure you of this, that Grace is a part of the DNA at ABWE as well. There are so many leaders and so many missionaries that have served around the globe uh, with us and have imparted your DNA. And uh, so some of the things that we are committed to feel very much the same. The, the authority of Scripture is something that we hold true to, and that's, that's, that's something that, that grace regularly feeds us and the missionaries from grace. And so thank you for not only uh, partnering with us in the gospel, but uh, imparting your DNA in us as well. I, share this, I shared this last time, but nobody heard it. Um, while we are serving over a thousand missionaries as ABWE as an organization, we have not sent one of those missionaries. Local churches send missionaries. The Great Commission has been given to the local church, has been given to grace to send missionaries forth. And our role as an organization is to partner with you. Our role is to come up underneath you and to serve you and to help the missionaries that you're sending do well, to help them build ministry platforms, to help them uh, to, to care for them well, to, to think through issues of finance and taxation and all of those issues that uh, each individual local church, the, the 400 or so 
churches that are sending missionaries through us wouldn't want to think through every one of those issues, every single missionary that they send. And so we can help with that. And so uh, we find great joy in being able to serve that. And let me just say for myself and Martha, we also find great joy in being able to serve uh, our missionaries as well. Uh, a couple things that I wanted to do just before we dive into God's Word, and we're going to be in the book of Philippians, by the way, so if you want to get your Bibles out and uh, turn to the book of Philippians, we will be there. Um, two pieces of good news. Uh, first of all, thank you for your participation in, the, in giving to Ukraine and supporting uh, Ukraine. Uh, there are some tremendous things happening in Ukraine. We just recently uh, heard of uh, a church in Kiev that before the war happened was running about 40 people. It's now running about 300 people. And uh, right in the heart of, of what's happening in that war there. And so um, God is moving, the Holy Spirit of God is moving even in the midst of uh, the terrible war that's going on there. Uh, as the president, I uh, called one of our missionaries that was serving uh, our, our, the Ukrainian people and in that area. And I thought I would be a good president and, and commiserate and be like, you know, hey, I know things are tough and, you know, I know you guys are, are serving hard, you know, and, and, uh, and, and the missionary rebuked me. And they said, tough nothing. We've been serving in this area for 25 years and we've never seen a movement of God amongst the Ukrainian people like we've seen since this war's happened. And I was like, okay, great. Um, no, they, they didn't rebuke me, but it was, like, it was like, this missionary was actually excited about what God was doing. And so I just want to encourage you, as you think and as you pray for Ukraine and you hear the news and you watch what Russia's doing and what's going on and, and sometimes we can get discouraged, folks, God is moving. And sometimes these crises can actually uh, perpetuate a spirit, the spirit of God moving in people's hearts, thinking about things that they wouldn't normally be thinking of, thinking about eternity, thinking about uh, my family's eternity and where they will spend eternity. And the gospel uh, takes root in hearts that are thinking about eternity. And so I want to encourage you with that. Also, uh, since we've been together, uh, I don't know if you'd heard this, but there was this pandemic that happened. Um, and, and that's like come and gone since I think uh, I've been with you. But uh, God moved in that too. We were just, my wife and I were just in Brazil. We were talking with one of our missionaries who almost died from COVID, by the way. Several weeks before COVID hit, uh, about January of 2020, uh, they had moved from a ministry that they had been working in. They had been planting a church for about eight years. They left that church and they started and planted a new church in northern Brazil two months before COVID hit. And so they planted that church and they were, they were going gangbusters. They were excited about it. COVID hits. I, I think you know that Brazil was hit particularly bad um, with COVID and, and so a, a lot of things happened. This missionary got COVID very, very badly, uh, spent almost six months in the hospital uh, dealing with COVID, almost died multiple times. As a matter of fact, uh, we had a medical flight to evacuate them to the States, set up to be able to get him from Brazil to the States. 
and the doctors wouldn't let him travel on that plane. He was so close to death. And it was actually of the Lord that he stayed because he was able to make a turn and do better. But he was out six months in the hospital and he was out another six months recovering. And listen, today, his church, the church that he planted at that point, that church is running 300 people. And it's a, it's a growing, thriving church. And I was like, so what do you attribute that to? And he's like, I have no idea. I, I, we did exactly what we did at another church plant and it didn't work and it, you know, or it, it, it worked and it took eight years and God has taken that. And so the mixture of his frailty, the mixture of God's sovereignty, the mixture of God's people banding together to serve together, to partner together in the gospel, um, and we see amazing things, even in the midst of things like wars and plagues. Amen? Nothing can stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the hope of the world. So I want us to, to go to the book of Philippians. I'm going to do something a little bit differently. Normally when I preach a message, if I'm just transparent with you and, 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 and Pastor Love, I hope this doesn't disappoint you, but typically what I do is I preach a message towards those that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is prompting into missions. And I'll preach a message on the Great Commission. And my goal is simply this, that those that God has gifted to go cross-culturally, to serve cross-culturally, those that God has gifted to be able to serve him with the gospel in, in a, in a full-time way, I want to encourage them to take the next steps of faith that they need to take. Sometimes we all need a push, right? Sometimes we all need uh, a message from the Word of God so that the Holy Spirit can kick in and do the work that He needs to do in our heart to be able to motivate us to go. And typically I do that. I'm not going to do that this morning. I would love to preach on Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of how many nations class? All nations, right? Baptize them into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe how much that Jesus has commanded us. Everything, all things that Jesus... Or I'd love to do a message on John 20, 21. Uh, As the Father has sent me, I am sending... Jesus said that to his disciples after his resurrection, Right? As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Man, that's a good missionary message right there. I'd love it. Or Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost what? Parts of the world, right. right. Or how about Mark 16.15, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. These are passages that I typically want to preach on. But in Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul has this unique relationship with the church in Philippi. Not dissimilar to the relationship that the wards and the leathers have with grace. Now, this relationship, if you look at the book of Philippians, now if you just read the book of Philippians, you may or may not catch this, but if you look for it in the book of Philippians, you'll see a very, very special relationship. Now if you remember Philippi, Philippi was is the first church, that, the first place that Paul goes. Um, Paul is on a second missionary journey. He's in Turkey. Now if you remember, uh, Turkey is like right here, and 
right across the isthmus of Istanbul, where Istanbul is, there's Macedonia or modern-day Greece and Bulgaria, okay? So if you, if you know where modern-day Greece and Bulgaria is, you know where Macedonia is. Paul's in Turkey. He's trying to do a missionary journey, and he's being thwarted. Somehow the Spirit of God is stopping him from going to one place to the next, and he gets a vision of a man in Macedonia calling him over. And so Paul travels across the isthmus over to... to uh, uh, to Macedonia, to a place where Philippi is, and he runs into a lady named Lydia, and he leads Lydia to Christ, and Lydia becomes the first European, the first person in the European con uh, continent that we know of that comes to Christ, and, and uh, they lead another uh, young girl to Christ. They cast out a demon from a young girl who is uh, making money for her owners, if you remember that story and uh, it causes an uproar and the, the town leaders throw Paul and Silas in jail. And while they're in jail, uh, remember the earthquake? You remember that, that happening? That happened all in Philippi. That earthquake happens and Paul and Silas, instead of getting out of jail and escaping, the jailer comes in. He thinks he's going to be killed for the prisoners escaping. Paul says, Silas say, no, we, we're still here and and uh, the jailer and all of his family receives Christ. And so the church in Philippi has this unique relationship with Paul because Paul has, if you think, when, when Paul thinks about Philippi, he's thinking about this jailer who's come to Christ. He's thinking about Lydia, the, the first convert that we know of that, that came to Christ in uh, all of Europe. And Paul says something, and if you look at, turn with me to verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to how Paul talks. So I would make an argument that Philippi was Paul's favorite church, okay? So I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not throwing stones at Thessaloniki, Thessaloniki. I'm not throwing stones at the Galatians. I'm not throwing, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, read this passage and tell me you don't feel the same way I, that I feel. Uh, verse three in chapter one, where Paul says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. It's right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in defense and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. So Paul has this great love and if, if you look at uh, you know, verses three and four where Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. If you were writing that as an English paper, like if this letter was submitted to an English teacher, you'd get marked down because basically what Paul's saying is, you know, I like you very, 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 very much. Four superlatives in one little verse. All my remembrance of you, always in every prayer for you. Making, Paul is telling, he's, he's, just, he's gushing on the Philippians. And the question you've got to ask yourself is, 
Why all the love? What was going on in this relationship between Paul and the Philippians that was producing this, this passage? Because this doesn't exist in other, other letters. Paul, you know, Paul talks about loving churches. And, and, and listen, he, he is warm and he's caring with Ephesus and he's warm and he's caring with the Galatians. And, and, but this, this isn't in the other letters. So what was going on in here, Paul gives us a clue um, with, the, with one key word, and that word is in verse 5. He says, because of your partnership in the gospel. The Greek word there for partnership is a word that you're probably familiar with. It's the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia. Usually we translate that word koinonia something like fellowship. Um, and we talk about, uh, I, I don't know, your, my church where I pastored, we, uh, we would talk about koinonia and we would have a koinonia or a fellowship or, and it would usually involve food, okay? And, and we would have koinonia. The word, the Greek word koinonia though is super rich and, and it's translated as a sense of commonality. Uh, it can be translated fellowship, a sense of commonality. It's a, it's a solidarity. It's sharing responsibility. As a matter of fact, I'm going to list a few passages. I want you to hear how uh, different passages use the word koinonia differently. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the word koinonia is used to describe the idea of togetherness. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. The word koinonia there is talking about actually God's people gathering together and breaking of bread. That's typically what we think of when we talk about fellowship, sharing a meal together, fellowship. But in 2 Corinthians 6.14, it's used negatively. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Okay, so that's, that's what association, what togetherness, what solidarity, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Listen to Hebrews 13, 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. That word share, Greek word koinonia. So koinonia isn't just fellowshipping, it's the idea of an exchange of something while we're fellowshipping. Some, there's, a, there's, a, there's a transaction that's happening. It's a, it's a spiritual transaction, but it can actually be a physical or, or, or a tangible transaction that's taking place. Uh, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is telling us, listen, be sure to share one another your goods, share, share your food, share your finances with one another. In Romans chapter 15, verse 26, the word koinonia is used to specifically uh, relate to a monetary donation. Listen to this verse. For Macedonia has been pleased to make some contribution. The word contribution there is actually the Greek word koinonia, some contribution for the poor amongst the saints in Jerusalem. So koinonia describes everything from sharing a meal together to sharing resources, even to the point of sharing money. 
It's a commonality. It's having something in common, a, a time and a space of togetherness that creates a transaction of, of love and, and solidarity that, that helps all of those that are participating in this. And the word carries a sense of belief or a joint conviction that we must come together. Uh, the idea of fellowship is, is that there's a, there's a togetherness that must take place. And, and it's not just that it happened, it's that it must happen. Now turn to Philippians chapter 4 because uh, we were in Philippians chapter 1 just looking at how Paul talked about that the Philippians were a special church to him because of this koinonia in the gospel. But when we get to chapter 4 and we get to verse 14, we see what this special relationship actually looked like. And I want to read to you verses 14, chapter 4, verses 14. Again, this is Paul talking to the church specifically, describing to them what this partnership in the gospel has looked like. Look at verse 14. Paul says, it was kind of you to share, that word share there is koinonia. It was kind of you to koinonia or share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into a partnership koinonia He says, look, no other church entered into a koinonia relationship with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. So even when I, and he was in Thessalonica, and again, this is why I think while Paul had a special relationship with the Thessalonians, I don't think it was like the Philippians because when Paul was serving in Thessalonica, the Philippians are providing for his needs, not just once, but look at, ver- at the end of verse 16. Once and again, multiple times, the Philippians are providing for Paul's needs. Verse 17, not that Paul sought the gift, not that I seek the gift, but I seek fruit that increases to your credit. Why? Because I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. Look at the word, the, 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 the plural on the word gift there. It's not just a gift, but gifts that you sent. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ. So Paul devoted his entire life to proclaiming the gospel, to doing ministry. And the Philippians as a church, as a church body, believed that they had a partnership in that. And so they gave and they supported Paul and they partnered in his gospel ministry. They had a belief in that that translated into tangible actions, not just once, but multiple times, over and over and over, that produced a loving response in Paul that he could only express by writing bad sentences with multiple superlatives. And the idea that I want to share with us this morning is this. When we serve or give money to the Lord we are participating in or partnering together in the ministry 
with the persons or person that is just like the Philippians and Paul did. There is a partnership, a fellowship that takes place. I think many times when we do missions conferences, and I know this would never happen at Grace, but it happens at other churches, and we do a special offering. I saw that there's multiple ways that we can give. I think many times we look at those opportunities to give and we just see a need that needs to be met or we just see um, something that we should do and maybe we feel a little bit guilty because we have so much and we give. I want to suggest to you this morning that there is there are significant blessings in partnering with missionaries in the gospel that you would be missing if it's just a transaction. I want us to go back and look at this passage here. And in just two or three minutes, I want to give you four blessings that happen when you partner together in the gospel. And let me, let me be very specific. When you support a missionary, when... As a church and as an individual, there's four amazing blessings that are communicated in this passage that I think we're often missing. And I don't want you to miss it. If there's a church that's working with ABWE that I don't want to miss the blessings that God has provided for you in our partnership of the gospel, in your partnership with the leathers and the wards and, and the prairies and all the many other missionaries that you're supporting, I don't want, Grace, I don't want you to miss this. So the first one is found in verse 16. Here's the first blessing. Koinonia is a special relationship that meets the physical needs of those gifted to go into all the world and share the gospel. Now this probably seems like, like a no-brainer, right? Yes, that's why I gave the check, Paul. Thank you very much. You know, I, I knew I was meeting a tangible need. But listen, you don't understand. When you support a missionary, you are meeting a physical need so that they can go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. A need that they're praying about. A need that they wouldn't be able to meet without your support. And it becomes a huge blessing. This, this is the first part of the blessing because this becomes a huge blessing to the missionary so that they can serve full time. Andrew and Daniel are working together to produce a, vi a, a studio that, by the way, is an amazing studio. It would be an amazing studio here in the States uh, that, they're, that they're creating. And they would not be able to do that full-time and devote themselves full-time without people supporting them. And they're able to do that ministry because their physical needs are met. So that's the first part of the equation, is that physical needs are being met. And, and Paul said this, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Here's the second blessing. Koinonia bears fruit spiritually and those gifted to send. We often talk in missions conferences about those that God is sending. But in this passage, Paul says, listen, he's not happy that he just received the gift. 
he's, one of the things that he's blessed by is that fruit is crediting towards your account. I can't explain it, but I believe it because scripture describes this. There is a spiritual transaction that happens. When we meet the needs, when we meet the physical needs of someone whom God has called to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, when we meet their needs and they produce fruit, that fruit that is produced when they lead someone to Christ, when they see other people uh, pro- and proclaim the gospel in, a, in another nation, the fruit that's being born there is accredited in a spiritual transaction that only heaven will see. It's being translated to our account. And so th- there's this beautiful fruit bearing that's happening. There, uh, Andrew and Daniel and, and all of these missionaries, they're bearing fruit on the field, but because of our support, because of your love, because of your participation in, because of your fellowship in the gospel, your partnership in the gospel, fruit is being credited to your account. And I think we, we sometimes miss that. We think, you know, I'm just, I'm just giving to me to need. Listen, you're giving to me to need, but there's going to be fruit in heaven. There, there'll be people in heaven who know who you are because of your partnership in the gospel. That's, that's an amazing blessing. Here's the third blessing. Koinonia is a special relationship that creates a fragrant offering that is pleasing to the Lord. Look at verse 18. Paul says, I have received full payment and more, I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Paul goes to the Old Testament and the idea of the Old Testament sacrifices where meat was burned on the altar and you could smell that, 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 that burning meat and that fragrance was a, was a beautiful fragrance to the Lord, not because of the smell of the meat, but because of the the forgiveness of sins and the, the atonement of sins and, and the beautiful spiritual sacrifices that are, that are being made. And this transaction, when I give and I meet the need of one of my missionaries and fruit is accredited to my account, that transaction is generating an odor. And that odor is not a bad odor, It's a fragrance that is pleasing to the Lord. You want to please the Lord today? Get in relationship with a missionary meeting their physical needs. Watch fruit be credited to your account. And that whole interaction that you have with that family and that that task that they have will produce a beautiful aroma. And here's the last thing. Koinonia is a special relationship that is supernaturally supplied by God. Verse 19 ends with this, and my God will supply every need of yours according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing about it. We give to missionaries and missionaries' needs are met and that beautiful need meeting produces fruit to our account. And so there's a giving and a receiving on our part. And that giving and receiving generates a fragrance that is pleasing to the Lord. Oh, and by the way, if we look closely, God has supplied our original gift to the 
to the missionary. And so God is glorified in our giving. He's glorified in our fruit crediting. He's glorified in the fragrance. And God is glorified in all and through all, everything that we're doing with missions. And this entire koinonia is infused with God who supplied everything. And Grace, if there's one thing that I want you to know as a church is that for multiple generations, this church has been a part of this beautiful, fragrant, koinonia interaction happening with multiple families. And I want to encourage you, stay on it. Stay on it. If you're newer to this church, if you're newer, a, newer, a younger generation that maybe because you're younger you haven't fully been able to participate in meeting the needs of missionaries or being a part of sending missionaries or maybe you're one of the ones that are gifted to go and you've not yet gone yet, brothers and sisters, can I plead with you, get on it. Get engaged in this koinonia relationship. Be a blessing to the missionaries by meeting their needs. See fruit credited to your account. See a beautiful aroma from the body of Christ wafting up to heaven, pleasing our Lord. And realize that God supplied all of it anyway. Thank you for being a part of that as a church body. Can I encourage you, do not grow weary in your well-doing, but be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in him. Father, thank you for the opportunity to remind this body of believers how wonderful it is to meet one another's needs, to propel the gospel going forward through good and faithful support, but Lord, to also be in this amazing fellowship relationship that is producing an aroma that's pleasing and our gifts that are supplied by you. Would you use grace in new and fresh ways? Would you deepen relationships with their missionaries? Would you raise up new men and women who could go into all the world and proclaim the gospel? And Lord, may they be encouraged through the fellowship that they see in this body. In Jesus' name we pray. I was thinking about a quote my dad used to always say in ministry and serving 65 years, he would say to many, and he always challenged me as his son, he would say, son, you can never outgive God. God will never be a debtor to you, and there is no way on earth that God will ever ask of you something to do of his will and his design that he will not pay for. So make sure that you trust him. You know, finances and giving, it's that heart of generosity. It's where it comes from, the wellspring that's focused on him being God and he supplies instead of it's mine. And I think in all things, it's the challenge to appreciate where the real blessing comes from and how that God truly does love that heart that is cheerful and it's giving up whatever God asks of it. Whatever the Lord is challenging your heart this morning, whether it's surrender, I need to go. I need to be a part of this. This is something God has been challenging me with and I have refused to listen. I have I need to surrender. Or whether it be that, Lord, rework my thinking on my finances. I need to be able to give. I want to be a partner in the ministry of giving and be able to be partners with those who are sharing in that blessing, the reward of that, the encouragement of that. Whatever the Lord is using to challenge your heart this morning, listen to the Spirit of God. And let's be partners in this ministry 
of giving as well as going. Let's stand together and we're going to have a closing song. And if God is challenging you, maybe you want to talk to somebody. I'll be standing down here. Whether you are needing to pray in the earnestness of that moment right there, be challenged by that, encourage you to do that. But to be a partner in this, to be ones that are in fellowship, the sharing, that we have open hearts and hands ready to do that. Let's sing this song as a way of closing here this morning. Thank you for this time that we've had together with our missionaries and with the Lord. And um, please stop by their uh, tables out in the foyer and uh, uh, greet them and get to know them. We also have a fellowship right now for a little while before our 11 o'clock time here in the auditorium. So uh, we invite visitors. Please join us for that. We'd love to, to chat with you for a few minutes. Lord bless you. You're dismissed.